0: Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Phil at the Movies. I'm your host, Phil Walsh, and you're listening to episode number 59 of this ongoing podcast series that is for the love of movies. I want to thank you, as always, for tuning in each week and being a part of this, this cinematic journey that I have been on since January of 2022. Now, almost 60 episodes in the can, so to speak, but... Your support, your encouragement, your friendship has just been all the more worthwhile to this passion project of mine. So thank you for being a part of this journey and thank you for tuning in each week and hearing what I have to say on movies. And certainly it's been a lot of talk about movies on this show. Last week, of course, did the rewatch and commentary for Jaws, which was a lot of fun. Uh, I enjoy doing the the commentaries because it's always a, a treat to revisit a favorite film, and and Jaws certainly ranks high in in my uh, in my categories of, of, of favorite favorite films of all time. I mean, it would be easily in the top three, uh, if not the top two. But uh, I thought. Would be kind of fun in, in continuing that trend, you know, keep keep treading water, so to speak, uh, and talk about the sequel, Jaws Two. Uh, certainly is regarded as the best of the Jaws sequels. There there were three in total, but certainly uh, a film that doesn't uh, live up necessarily to the original film in any way. It certainly doesn't surpass it, at least in my humble opinion. But I thought uh taking uh taking the plunge uh in uh, talking about jaws 2 today this would would kick off a, a over the next couple of weeks uh, a series focusing on movie sequels so today i're gonna do uh, cover jaws 2 and over the next few weeks discuss a few of the other sort of famous sequels if you will that have uh definitely stood the test of time and have illustrated what a, a good sequel can be, which is not only to tell an, an entertaining and engaging story, but to, in many ways, surpass the, uh, the original film. Uh, Jaws 2 certainly uh, doesn't reach the heights of the original film, but it is a good sequel in its own right. So what I thought would be uh, the way I would, I would break this down, uh, I will talk first about what I enjoyed about jaws too because i do enjoy it. it's a fun uh romp it it's it, there's sort of a, a slasher vibe to it in a lot of ways and i think that's partly because there's there's a, a teen uh, teenager high schooler component which is certainly something you see in a lot of classic Slasher films. Jaws was sort of ahead of the curve in a, in a lot of ways. This movie came out in the summer of 1978, and of course, later that fall was the original Halloween and and everything that that unleashed in the horror genre. But uh, let let's start you know with what I with what I enjoy, um, uh, what what I don't like about the film, and then kind of some other other thoughts because. I only learned this within the last couple of years and, you know, being a big Jaws um, fanatic, if you will, uh, I was actually surprised to, to, uh, to read that the original Jaws 2 is much different than what we got. And the film that, that is, that is out there, the film that exists, is much different than the script and what was originally shot. So a little bit of, a little bit of movie trivia to close out this. But I'll start first with what I like about this film because certainly in terms of of tone the film does stride to to keep that same balance it's not perfect in a lot of ways jaws the original was very straightforward it was serious again there there is that sort of heightened realism but it was really a a straightforward narrative jaws 2 Takes great stride to to carry on that though. At some points, it does get a little over over the top, but I, th- there's definitely an effort there. You have John Williams returning and, and doing the score with with an equally uh, the, the score for Jaws two is, is is I don't want to say it's on par with the original, but but it, it's it's a it's a great. Uh, follow-up, shall we say? I mean, John Williams is is the master, and everything he conducts is just nothing short of brilliance. And Jaws two has has another uh, memorable and, and catchy score. I mean, the the scene where they're all going out on their sailboats and uh, heading out, just the 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 music of that it, it's just so it's whimsical. It's it's like a almost like a, a a sailing regatta in a way it's very it, it it's catchy and it's it's only as John Williams can do where he can sort of mold together a high adventure with with terror and 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 unsettling themes i mean of course the jaws theme is is in the film it's its signature but he's able to sort of up upgrade it in a way and sort of almost make it a little bit even uh, in a way more nuanced uh, so sort of that that punch at the end of the uh, end of the threat but uh, that 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 's a great component uh, to it. Um, I love the fact that the shark is scarred in this film, uh, certainly the original movie you, the shark wasn 't seen throughout much of it i think it 's only in like you know, five minutes of the entire film, actual screen time, but the presence of the shark is felt, and of course. The production troubles of working with a mechanical shark that didn't actually work half the time created a lot of uh, interesting and, and creative film moments for the original. But in the sequel, you know, the cat was out of the bag, so to speak. You know, the, the audience knew what the shark looked like, and and so the the director, uh, Jonat Swartz, felt, well, we can't duplicate the tension and suspense of the original so we might as well show the shark as much as possible um you know that's something i I tend to think you know less is is more just because it's more frightening as a suspense level but i i understand where they were coming from but to kind of add more menace to the shark uh, again put away the the believability aspect again this is where you know you have to sort of you know suspend <laughs> uh, all, all your priors um, the shark during the one of the iconic scenes in the film has gasoline uh, doused on the side of it and then there's a flare gun that goes off and uh, the result is lit, you know the shark is hideously scarred on the side uh, of the face and it kind of gives it a, almost a almost a two face like uh, appearance which you know again sort of added to the the absurdity of of this sequel, um, you know, kind of you know, let's just let's let's go let's go crazy, all right. Well, we had a had a shark in the first one. Let's scar the shark in this one. I mean, just sort of cre- you know ways to outdo uh, you know the original again to some varying success, uh, of course. But that was a point I thought was really was really well executed because the shark is is frightening. I mean, the original shark, and I, I said this, I'm sure last last time even though we know it's a mechanical shark, we know it is not a real shark. There is something realistic. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just the way the film is made. I don't know if it's the music. I don't know if it's just you buy into the story. But the shark in the first film looks Like, you just, I don't know, I buy it. I I buy it, even though now, of course, you can do everything with with CGI and, and animatronics, and you can pretty much create, a, 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 a great white shark uh, in your computer, and, and it can look like you'd see in the in the real ocean. But there's something about that first shark that that just I don't know it, it, it holds up almost fifty years later. The sharks in the other films, there's almost a, a, a you know keeps the, the 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 you can almost see the wires so to speak uh, as the films go on. But the the jaw the shark and jaws too. It's still kind of in that tradition I mean I think it's it's shown too much, but I like the scarred aspect that that's kind of interesting and and again, how are you going to make your movie a little different? all right we'll give the shark a scar a scar and so I thought that was kind of cool so you've got you know scarface the shark you know, that, why not why not but uh that that was a nice touch and again sort of enhanced the film I remember as a, as a kid there's that scene when the divers are are looking for lobster and the shark just sort of comes out of out of the blue and and it was I mean it was scary as hell as a kid I mean the music of course you know it's right on cue with with John Williams but it's one of those things like you you know it's coming but it's so abrupt when it happens so it's a perfect jump scare in in my opinion and even though the shark doesn't doesn't eat anybody in that scene just the the presence and the 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 visual of the shark is absolutely Absolutely frightening, and and it's it's one of those standout moments for me. Another plus to this film, another another you know point that makes it rewatchable is that it's it. There's never a dull moment. I mean, even though the the teenager high school stuff is, is sort of flat, none of them really have a have a personality. I mean, I'll get more into that in a, in a moment, but. Um, it, the, the film, it, it, it's boom, boom, boom. There's never a moment for it to be, uh, to sort of pause. I mean, J- the original Jaws has the perfect balance of character moments with the action, with the suspense, with the tension. You weren't going to replicate that in, in this film, largely because the movie is being carried on the shoulders of, of Roy Scheider. But what I think is sort of fun is that this movie doesn't take time to, like, necessarily detour into uh sort of you know tedious dialogue it's it's sort of it's straightforward all right there's a shark out there it's 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 got to be stopped let's 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 get rid of it. it you know it's 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 sort of jaws on 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 steroids if you will it's it's again beat for beat a lot of times with of like the original film minus a lot of the the great character stuff but you know, they sort of make up for that with just increased action, increased uh, suspension, and, and there's definitely more uh, blood in the water, shall we say, with this particular film. Um, again, not that the first film wasn't uh, didn't have its share of bloody moments, but certainly this was. You know, we got to try to capitalize, we got to try to make this as uh, as uh, as entertaining as possible, and so of course that is 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 a is a is a moment uh, or moments shall i say uh, and there's one particular death that happens in the film which is it's really i mean it's it's frightening and it's impactful and it it really stays with you the, there's a character uh named Marge and and she gets knocked out of her sailboat along with one of Brody's sons uh, Sean and she essentially sacrifices herself in order to save Sean and and it's really one of those just like I mean, pardon the expression, gut wrenching moments that just sort of like, kind of inject some 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 interesting humanity and 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 pathos into the movie, and and even though it's a it's a great suspense scene, it really has that that interesting that interesting tension, if you will, that that kind of feels akin to uh, something out of the original Jaws. So that that was another another great moment the shark is really elevated into almost slasher villain territory there's another scene where it attacks the helicopter it's bonkers it's it's over the top but it's a fun moment that just sort of like you buy into it because that's the kind of movie you're getting the shark is attacking a helicopter uh, I love the ending of this film. Spoiler alert: if you haven't seen it, but the ending it, it, it is a a shocking <laughs> uh, finale, shall shall we say? Again, how are you going to outdo the original ending to Jaws? I mean, it's a it's a perfect way to end the film. It's climactic, It's rousing. It's it's a perfect uh, encapsulation of of Brody's character and, it's, and it's, a, it's a moment of survival. So how are you going to top that? Well, you're not going to top it and it'd be foolish to top it. But like with a lot of sequels, uh, certainly at that time and, 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 and since, it's like, well, let's just be bigger and louder and, and more creative and over the top. And of course, this time, instead of the shark blowing up, into a million pieces, the shark gets electrocuted and it's a it's a jolt i mean it really it's one of those scenes where again you look back at it that 's another standout moment and it, and it sort of again elevates the sequel because once again it's it's Brody versus the shark and and again it's Brody. Thinking with his with his head, and that's what I liked about the original film. I mean, again, it's a spectacular climax, but I love how and how it's Brody realizing, okay, what can I do? All right, we're going to use a scuba tank, gonna shoot it like boom, like just thinking on his feet. And it's the same way in this film. His boat gets gets run run aground on the rocks. He has no weapons. There's no gun, and he then stumbles upon this this power line, which gets brought up. Uh, from a crane that he, you know, drops on on the ocean floor, and it brings it up. And once more, thinking with his head, sharks can be attracted to to sound. He takes a paddle from the boat and starts striking the 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 cable to get the shark away from the kids. And the shark, of course, on cue, comes over. And it's again, it's never going to reach the 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 heights of the original ending, but it's a it's a satisfying conclusion because. The, the, the beast the beast gets it again and 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 brody of course is the one to to rightfully uh save the day and it's a it's a it's a vindicating moment because brody certainly has his uh has his fair share of of troubles in this film and, and that kind of brings me to the the big the big plus really the reason this whole film works and why i I tend to overlook a lot of the, the the really glaring weaknesses about this film. It's Roy Scheider; he carried this film on his back. He he brought it to shore, so to speak. I mean, I know I'm throwing a lot of nautical puns out there today, so I do apologize. But it, I mean, Roy Scheider famously did not want to do this movie. He he felt that he did the shark film. There was nothing more to say. I mean, as an actor, he felt like people are coming to see the shark; they're not coming to see, you know, to see any performances. And he was like dead set against being in this film. But in order to satisfy a, a contractual obligation with Universal, he had to be in this film uh, in order to be released from. Uh, from from uh, Universal's uh, contract with him, and so he does appear in the film. He did have come back uh, reluctantly, but you would never know watching this film. And and you know, if you didn't know the behind the scenes, you know, probably you know, me, you know, without me telling you this, you would never know that he had a miserable time on the set. That at one point he got into a a very heated argument with the director over characterization and and story that you know, almost you know borderline on physical i mean he was not a happy camper with this film but you never you never know it and i think that's a testament to his his professionalism as an actor and also the respect he had for for this particular character, I mean, he you know, famously ruled himself out of ever returning for another Jaws film after after this one, when Jaws, the revenge came around. He said they, they knew better than than to ask. Um, but he gives a an equally great performance in this film. And it's a really wonderful follow up to his character from the first film, because even though it's never explicit, and when I get into the, the differences in a moment, we really get the sense that, th- that this is a character, Brody, who is struggling with the sort of a PTSD from what happened to him during the events of the first film. He is still, in a way, traumatized. He may have gotten over his fear of the water, but that doesn't mean he isn't over his fear of sharks and I love how right at the start of the film when when trouble starts to uh, rise to the surface so to speak and there's some missing divers Brody's immediate reaction immediate thought which of course is proven right as the film goes on that it's a shark that a shark is is somehow uh, you know, well, of course, you know, sharks are everywhere, but you mean know, a shark has is stalking amity once again, but of course you know like like in many horror films, i mean that 's why I said there 's a lot of interesting horror parallels to this film I mean Brody feels uh, in a lot of ways akin to the you know to the town crier to uh, even like a Dr. Loomis in a way from the Halloween movies because he 's the veteran he is the one who 's gone through the experience, and yet nobody believes him and, and He's sort of running around, you know, screaming to everybody, "There's a shark! There's a shark!" But of course, the the, the town and and all of the uh, elected officials don't believe him, and so of course the shark continues on its uh on its way, undetected, but still wreaking havoc uh, uh, off the waters of of Amity until finally Brody, uh, at a moment of of just personal weakness, has you know essentially a breakdown on on the beach, and it's it's one of those scenes where. I mean, you really feel for the character. I mean, I, every time I've, I've watched it, you always feel for it because he he puts his heart and soul into this this character's struggle, and it sort of reaches a tipping point on the beach where now they've they have erected this shark watchtower on on the town beach, and so kind of you know one of the nice uh, you know effects if you will from from the first film to show that the town has not completely lost its mind and and Brody you know knows there's a shark out there he hasn't been able to prove it but he just he knows he knows there's a shark and he misidentifies uh, what he thinks is a shark turns out to be a school of bluefish but he flips out he starts ringing the bell telling everybody to get out of the water and literally goes berserk on the town beach and pulls out his gun and you know, starts opening fire on the water, and of course, this you know, you know, turns the town against him because I think he's just lost his mind. And it's one of those moments where he he realizes he has screwed up, that he has gone over the edge, and he's allowed this fear to to control him, to 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 cloud his thinking, and and you know, ultimately he ends up getting fired as the chief of police, and. Even after trying to plead his case and trying to say, guys, you, know, you have to believe me. He's showing, you know, what he believes is, is concrete, photographic evidence. But they just dismiss him outright. And of course, you know, Brody is 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 left, you know, diminished. But at the end, of course, manages to save to save the day because, as always, he has been proven right, and he has that experience. And it's it's a, it's a wonderful a wonderful character study like i said he he really carries the film and, and and this film is a lot about brody dealing with the effects that he went through on on the last movie and there's a great scene in the in the town hall where as i said he's pleading his case trying to 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 convince the uh, the the selectmen and and mayor to to you know, not only, you know, let him keep his job, but to to believe him that there was a shark out there. And his response is like, I know there's a shark out there and I'm paraphrasing it, I know there's a shark. You better do something about it because I don't intend to go through that hell again. And and it's just it's such a it's such an emotional and, and frankly human moment because you can you can feel the 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 the, the palpable tension that, and just exhaustion that this man has because he has been through the rigor he went up to he went face to face with a shark he knows what it is like and yet everybody in that town has no idea what he has experienced and even there's a moment where he reaches out to Hooper even though Richard Dreyfuss doesn't appear in the film Brody reaches out to Hooper in the film, and they don't actually speak, they don't actually meet, but it's, again, it kind of shows how Brody's trying to build his case. He's trying to convince people to, to believe him, even if that means hauling in Hooper again and, and having his expert opinion, but it, it's Brody against the island. He He truly is a man alone on an island, in, in a way, because nobody Believes him, and of course his fears and 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 you know premonitions, if you will, are are brought to a to fruition. But it Bro it, Scheider makes the film work. If Scheider wasn't in this film, it would have just been a, a a a frankly passable sequel. The fact that he's in it and we're invested in Brody's character and and his struggle in the film, it makes it worthwhile. Again, I think they could have even gone further with it, but. What we get, and, and for, for all of the sort of behind the scenes tension, it really makes it stand out, and it's a wonderful you know, sort of exploration of, of PTSD. I mean, now I could imagine if, if we were to do, if they were to do a Jaws uh, sequel, if you will, you know, or something in, in that in that in that tradition, you know, you would imagine a, a sequel would follow up with Brody's character you know, probably in a therapy session or, or just traumatized even more so because of his encounters with a shark. In 1978, that would not have been probably the, the the norm to do that kind of a direct follow-up. I mean, I even think kind of... The, the, the 2018 Halloween sequel that shows a Laurie Strode who's battle hardened and, and living in fear and, and in preparation of Michael Myers, none of that would be possible. And in this era sequels when they did happen were sort of straightforward and to the point and more or less just a cash grab to to follow up a, a successful uh, original. And in a lot of times they were inferior products. And and as I said, Jaws two is is not a a a superior film to the original, but but as a sequel to to Jaws, if Jaws was going to have a sequel, I, I'm glad we have this film because it at least it at least manages to to up the uh, the ante, up you know, ups the ups the ups the blood, <laughs> if you will, and 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 of course you get. A lot of the great uh, iconography and and and, and cinematography get nothing on par with the original film, mind you. But it still, it doesn't feel like a cheap movie. And, and the the producers, David Brown and and Richard Zanuck, both felt that unless they spearheaded the um, the, the sequel. Somebody else would, and they felt if you know if there's going to be a sequel to Jaws, they better be responsible for it, So th- there is that continuity, which is nice. I mean, you now I'm not trying to to rain on the parade of this film, but it, it is it is it is missing some uh, some key ingredients. Certainly, Steven Spielberg's absence is 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 all over this film, and and you know you can sort of speculate in your mind what would a Steven Spielberg sequel to Jaws have been I'm, I'm sure it would have been something you know far superior than than what we ultimately got I mean Jenna Schwartz and, and Steven Spielberg you know no disrespect to the uh, to the former but but they're they're not on the same level in terms of, of directorial uh, abilities but interestingly Steven Spielberg at one point did toy with the idea it was very brief but he toyed with the idea of coming back to this to this film and his vision for for a sequel would have been uh, perhaps either a prequel which would have told Quint's story on the on the Indianapolis which would have been fantastic or i did read somewhere he had you know thought about what about you know Brody and Hooper, uh, Brody and Quint's sons going after another shark, so kind of doing it uh, kind of a, a spiritual sequel in a way, but uh, you know, again, St- Spielberg had kind of felt he had done the definitive shark movie. Uh, he was quoted as saying that he, at the time he felt that sequels were a cheap, carny trick, um, and, and that there was nothing more to say. In addition, he was working on Close Encounters uh, of, of the Third Kind, and so his involvement was 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 limited, and, and there wouldn't have been another sequel for at least a, a, a year or more uh, when the uh, when when the producers and, and and universal wanted it. So it didn't it didn't go that way. Now as I as I mentioned the the teenager element to this film it, it is very reminiscent of of the slasher horror films that would come to define the 1980s certainly. And and Jaws 2 does feel in a lot of ways like a an early pioneer for for the for the slasher uh, uh, formula if you will and and certainly you know, it's not a, it's not beat for beat you're not going to necessarily necessarily see uh, a carbon copy of, of films like Friday the thirteenth or uh, Halloween but th- there is there are elements that are are here in, in this film uh, especially with the with the teenage element and that's sort of a a subplot that runs through the film. Uh, mike uh, brody's other uh, older son is uh, in high school now and and he 's got his own sailboat and he 's sort of having you know fun in the sun with his his friends during uh, during the summer vacation and you know part of it is you know they 're sort of rebelling against uh you know authority and and, and his father and going out sailing regardless. And you know that's that's definitely an interesting element, and it certainly plays into the film's climax. I just wish that the characters themselves were were more developed, um, because they're, they're largely forgettable. They're you know sort of there to you know to to maybe make a funny joke or two, um, or or just you know scream and cry. There's no. Real uh, character development. Uh, there is actually for uh, an interesting horror reference, uh, Keith Gordon, who uh, was in films like *Dressed to Kill* and um, uh, *Christine*. He is one of the characters, one of the teenagers in the film, and you know he's sort of you know, memorable from the standpoint. Of if you've seen a lot of horror films, you know, he's a he's a he's a an icon, if you will and uh has uh, some uh, familiarity but he uh, he's you know he's not you know nothing stand out uh, spectacular in this film but it's sort of a nice uh uh you know moment it's like ah you know I know him from this film and that film but i i wish the the characters could have been more fleshed out and and developed because i think he could have really had something there with, with this particular subplot particularly when when they become stranded out in the middle of the ocean with their with their uh, with their uh, you know, broken sailboats and, and and sort of just floating adrift out to sea could have had some really interesting moments for characterization to sort of show the tension instead of just almost you know cliched and and, and cardboard uh, uh characters and, and and situations it would have been more fun to sort of really play into the to the tension and, and to the struggle that they were going on and going through, uh, much like the original film with Brody and Hooper. He had three very different personalities and how they were sort of forced to to, to work together in, in order to try to survive uh, the, their battle with the shark. There's none of that camaraderie or, or even um, on-screen tension or creative chemistry uh, that I think would have... Made them more memorable because, you know, to sort of tie it in with the with the slasher reference, they do become like a lot of times characters in a slasher movie, just there to increase the body uh, the body count, and that was something that I I would have loved to have seen developed uh, more and and, and taken uh, in a different direction. Um, as I mentioned earlier, the film does follow a lot of the. The story beats uh, again it's not a remake of jaws but it certainly uh w- would probably fall into a category of a, of a rehash of jaws so in like in the first one when when hooper finds the head if, in the boat a similar scene happens with brody with a, a, a body washing on top of him uh, from a wave you know moments uh Like that, you know, a scene at the beginning where where two divers are killed, but the shark is not seen again, similar to similar to the first uh, first film, Um, you know, again, similar plot points with no one believing Brody um you know a, a nice little subversion the the scene on the beach with Brody that i mentioned where where he flips out is a nice subversion because you do think the shark is going to appear and then it doesn't so that was kind of a nice little oh that's a nice uh, little little trip but um you know th- there's a few other moments like there's an iconic moment in the film where the shark kills a water skier and it's probably one of the more memorable moments in the entire film because it leads to the uh, shark getting uh, scarred and deformed uh, early on in the movie, but um, it's one of those points where it, it, it is hard to sort of sit back and, and, and buy into the to the quote unquote uh, story, if you will. I mean, again, of course, you know, it's 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 a movie about a about a killer shark, you know, essentially going Jason Voorhees or or, or something, but uh, the sh- the shark ends up stalking the, uh, the water skier and, you know, essentially ends up catching the, uh, the water skier, even though the boat is going like, you know, 25, 30 miles an hour. And again, I know it's a shark movie and I know it's, you know, it's meant to be all, all in good fun, but, from like a believability uh, standpoint, it's like okay, I don't think a great white shark would be able to outrun out a, a a jet ski or or, a, or um a, a jet boat. You know, they're sort of like okay, we're just we're really just sort of <laughs> letting letting everything work here. So that was one of those moments where like in the first film, even though of course it's there is that sort of heightened realism and and. Uh, over-the-top moments. Everything felt plausible. It was sort of, I think, partly because there was the time uh, taken to develop the story and the situation. This movie has a lot of parts where it's just like, all right, we need this set piece, so we're going to have a shark kill a water, uh, you know, a a water skier. And then another scene where a a dead whale uh, washes up, and it's an orca whale, and and we're going to say that the, the great white killed that, which Again, interestingly, the 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 orca whale is sort of one of the the known enemies, if you will, of the great white shark. Uh, and so, like, okay, the idea that a, a great white managed to take down a a killer whale, uh, okay, maybe, yeah. And so, we're like, we're really stretching it here. Um, you know, again, I know I sound like I'm I'm really nitpicking here, but it's like a lot of what this film ultimately felt like is just like we're never going to top the original we shouldn't even try so let's just do crazy stuff and and throw stuff at the wall and see what sticks and 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 to, you know some things definitely land in in this film like i said the the ending with with the shark getting electrocuted that's that's great it's it's a, it's a perfect and it's and and it, and it works uh you know there's some moments with with the shark um there's a scene where Oh, I think it's uh, um, Eddie and 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 uh, Tina's character where they get attacked by the shark, and and really the the scene where where Eddie uh, gets uh, gets eaten by the shark. I mean, that's that's again another one of those like really tense moments because he's trying to swim back to the boat. The shark is right on his right on his tail, and of course the shark uh, shark gets him. But uh, you know, a lot of this film, it's it's sort of just like okay, you know, we're just not necessarily passing time, but we're just trying to like, we're just going to play, play the hits of, uh, play the hits of the original. Like, I mean, even at one point there's a, there's a character who's a, um, a Marine, uh, biologist and you know, clearly just trying to be a double for, for Hooper, if you will, to kind of give exposition. And it's just like, okay, we're, we're not even trying, um, at, at this point, but, uh, uh, Back for the film from the original, of course, you have Scheider and you have um, uh, L- Lorraine Grary. And um, um, oh, good God, what's his name? Um, F- Larry Vaughn's character. Murray Hamilton. There we go. Murray Hamilton. And uh, you know, there that's nice consistency. And the, all three of them give great, great performances. There's a scene that was deleted from this movie. And, and I don't know why this This happened because you talk about a moment that could have vindicated the the, 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 the mayor Vaughn character because I mean certainly there's a, you could make an argument that Larry is is one of the, the one of the villains if you will kind of a or a, a minor villain um, in in the first film because of his refusal to to close the beaches well of course, in the, in the movie, Brody gets gets fired uh, and it happens at this after a very tense meeting with the selectman. So, you know, we never see it happen. But Brody comes home and you know, reveals he's been been uh, been canned. And there's a scene that shows the selectman and and Larry debating whether or not to to uh, to fire him. And the entire select board votes to fire Brody. So he's going to be fired but Larry is the sole dissenting vote. And I'm just thinking like, God, that was such a perfect scene because it it, it ultimately illustrates that despite sort of the tension between Brody and the, the town officials, Larry still trusts him and Larry knows what he's been through. And it's just, I don't know, it would have been such a a, a nice moment to kind of give larry instead of cementing him as this uh just incompetent elected official but uh oh, it's just oh that's one of those moments where i just like oh they should have kept that in there because it's again it would have given a nice uh arc if you will to to his character from the first film because you know when you sort of step back and look at it you know Why is Larry still the mayor (laughs) after after the events of Jaws? Like you know, I I, you could imagine you know now people would be like you know calling for his resignation after after the events of the first film. But I guess people were 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 more forgiving in the in the seventies. But um, oh, that that, it's just one of those scenes where it's like oh that would have been so so perfect, Uh, and it could have really just added a nice layer to to their relationship and really to the to the films overall story and and that kind of brings me to my my final point or points which the film that we got is not the film that was originally pitched it's not the film that was originally written so Jaws 2 famously had another director now the budget for Jaws 2 which interestingly was the first Hollywood produced film to use the number two versus a, a, the Roman numerals. Uh, fun fact, if you will. But the, the budget was 30 million bucks, which by today's standards is like around 120, 125 million dollars. So we're talking about a very expensive movie, and, and especially for a sequel when back in 1978, sequels were not what they are today. I mean, you figure prior to Jaws 2, I mean, you had films like. Bride of Frankenstein, The Godfather Part Two, but but generally sequels never made more than the original, and and, and a lot of times sequels were, were just dismissed, and 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 certainly Jaws Two had a lot riding, uh, sort of a lot going against it, you know, sort of swimming against the tide, if you will, and, and that really started right out from the beginning. You had a a film that was thirty million dollars, which was was about three times that of the original film. And in addition to that, you still had troubles with the mechanical shark. And the original director, John Hancock, blamed his firing on the fact that he was having difficulty with the mechanical shark. And, and that's you know understandable uh, to to a degree. Certainly, they had their troubles in the first film, but it actually goes a lot um, a lot deeper than that. Um, Hancock was very inexperienced when it came to a big-budget film. And there was already concerns about the movie going over budget. And when they arrived on Martha's Vineyard to film the scenes for the movie, there was already resistance and a lot of backlash to uh, Universal coming and, and, and doing another film. So they sort of had that headway uh, uh, to contend with. And so eventually what ended up happening... Hancock was dismissed, and uh, Jeanette Swartz was was brought on to to finish the film. But in the process of of the transition from one director to the n- to the next, the script ended up going through a series of of massive rewrites and, frankly, redevelopments. Which, when you when you look at the the proposed film, the original pitch for Jaws two, it is a much different and and frankly darker film than what we ultimately got jaws 2 has its moments of tension and and suspense but it it's a very uh sunny adventure film you know it's 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 a it's a crowd pleaser jaws 2 as originally envisioned was going to go into a much darker almost character driven story with the town of amity being mired in a depression brought on from the events of the first film businesses would have left the the town was essentially shackled to the past by the events of the last film and thus uh, was sort of clinging to uh to life support and in part uh which is sort of there in the in the current film but not overly uh, explored or developed uh the character of len peterson was sort of going to be brought in, brought in as this big island developer who was going to turn Amity into a summer tourist destination spot again. And the film was also going to borrow from elements of the original film with the mob ties and, and Larry Vaughn. So it would have been much more of of a character piece. And, and Brody's uh, PTSD and his trauma from the original film was going to be much more pronounced. And so you would have really had... You know, I, I think you know it would have been a film that probably would have been decidedly mixed from audiences because I think it would have gone into a much darker story uh, uh, place than what we got. Um, Jaws two is very streamlined, but this original idea, the original script, I think would have been, you know, again, no movie. No sequel to Jaws is ever going to r- succeed, and 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 uh, top Jaws. Jaws was a one of a kind. It was lightning in a bottle. But you know, if you're talking about a a, a sequel that would have been in its own running, I, I think certainly a sequel that followed that uh, that that original blueprint could have just been that. Um, a lot of great character moment was sacrificed in order to just have ah let's have more kids on sailboats and and sort of you know soapy and sappy you know after school TV special drama. A friend of mine compared it to almost dazed and confused and you know sort of there there's that there is a lot of a high school TV special uh, element to this almost like a TV movie and it's a shame because just from what i have been able to 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 take away from the original uh ideas i, I it would have been a, a definitely a worthy follow up not to say that that jaws 2 is somehow a a crappy sequel because if you've seen the other two jaws sequels i mean there that's a whole that's a whole other <laughs> discussion for another day but um jaws 2 could have been so much More, And I think the fact that character was going to be the emphasis versus just set pieces and and just over-the-top effects, I I think is a shame because you really could have developed the story more. And, And it would have been interesting to see how the town reacted to the events of the original versus just... As it is in the film now, everything goes back to normal and it's very streamlined and, and and happy-go-lucky in a lot of ways. I mean, there's definitely some elements there and you can see it with with Brody's character and, and his own internal struggles. But it was much more pronounced and much more developed. And I think even the ideas of bringing in some of the mob elements that were in the original book... That w- this would have been the place. There was no place for in the original film to have a subplot about Larry Vaughn and his ties to the to the mafia. But in in the sequel, yeah, I think that would have been really the place to go with it, and and could have made it all that more interesting. And, and again, perhaps even prolonged the the narrative, if you will, versus what ultimately came with Jaws three and later on the uh, the abomination that is Jaws the revenge. But, you know, what's done is done. I mean, the the sequel we got is the sequel we got. And, you know, it certainly it doesn't hold a candle to the original. But if you're going to have a Jaws follow up, Jaws 2 does does the job. And again, I really attribute 95 to probably close to 100. I mean, John Williams score is definitely a strong component of it. But, uh, Roy Scheider and in his portrayal of Brody saved this film. It keeps the film afloat because w- without him, I, I, well, I mean, go watch Jaws Three and Jaws the Revenge and and you can see my point. But uh, Jaws, Jaws 2 is is as good as you're gonna get for a follow up sequel to uh, to the original classic and you know fortunately it, it it doesn't necessarily taint or compromise the original in in any way but it's 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 a fascinating what if uh you know the film could have could have been and the original ending with the shark actually sounds um even more interesting than than what we got. I mean certainly the 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 electrocution is is memorable memorable because you know it, it is shocking and uh and it's a spectacular way to end the film but the original ending and, and again I don't know if this was I don't think it was ever shot but it was uh Brody was going to be on the boat and and he was going to sort of you know use himself as uh as a uh, as bait to get the shark to come to the, close to his boat, and then just at the last minute, jump back uh, on board, and, and then they were going to bring down the the motor, and the shark was going to get cut up with the propellers, which would have been spectacular. I mean, again, you know, probably it wouldn't have worked in the context of the film that we got, but certainly in uh, in the original version, if you will, of Jaws, to um, I think that probably would have been the way to go. Uh, and it's certainly one of those things you read about it. They they call it's a darker film, and and you know as i said i think audiences at the time would have been dismissive and probably would have thought oh god this is way too dark and 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 uh over and and depressing but i think as sequels have been reevaluated over the years and certainly you know sequels that may have been you know, had received mixed reviews upon release but then have had reevaluation a a jaws 2 that would have emphasized character and, and the emotions and and really, the story uh, would have probably been one that could be in the conversation of of greatest sequels ever made. I mean, Jaws two does its job; it 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 it, it lands the plane, uh, so to speak. But it's 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 a it's a it's a rocky landing um to say the least though the film was one of the most successful uh, successful sequels for a period of time much like jaws it it did break records and and did uh did land with audiences and and, and there is a, an affinity for it and i certainly appreciate uh appreciate the film though it's again it, it it's hard to imagine any sequel to to jaws ever topping and there's three of them to, to prove my point but but jaws too is is the best that we that we got and again much of that is, is attributed to to Scheider and and his frankly harrowing performance uh as chief brody one of one of the great characters i think in in movie history brody is just a just a wonderful creation and, and Scheider gave him such such depth and 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 real understanding that another actor may not have been able to uh, to achieve, but you know another thing that sort of is associated with Jaws 2 that has sort of become part of the uh, the movie lexicon is the tagline for the film just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water I mean say what you will about Jaws 2 and and its necessity and whatnot but th- I mean that's a great tagline and, and it has been reused and, and repackaged over the years for any number of of, of situations and again just sort of shows the impact that jaws had and frankly still has on on our on our pop culture i mean it's it's a, it's a, it's a mainstay and certainly a sequel was inevitable given that the original film was this huge runaway hit the first blockbuster if you will one of the highest grossing movies of all time until star wars in 1977 but you know it's it's a it's a passable sequel you know i you read about what it could have been and it, it could have been so much more but at the end of it you know what we get is an entertaining popcorn film with a really great performance by by roy scheider and in a lot of ways a a a movie that sort of precedes the the eventual slasher craze of the 1980s. You know, not to say that Jaws directly inspired it, because certainly films like Black Christmas and, of course, one of my favorite films of all time, Halloween. Take uh, take uh, take that prize. But uh, it is sort of interesting to watch it in the context of the era that was just beginning. And certainly that fall in 1978, uh, the horror genre was changed forever with uh, with the release of Halloween. But again, you all know my thoughts <laughs> on, on on Halloween. But I think that's it. I think uh, that's all I have to say on. On this sequel, you know I always say to people if you know' i I've actually been amazed some people have said oh i didn't you know I never saw Jaws do and I say definitely see it because it 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 holds your interest like i said it's it's a it's a it's a straightforward a to z thriller popcorn crowd pleasing movie." Um, you know, again, it it doesn't doesn't uh doesn't go as high as the original, but it, it, it's a passable sequel and therefore, yeah, I I, I recommend it. And Jaws Two is where it should have stopped. That should have been the final, uh, the final trip out to sea for the Jaws franchise. But uh, I don't think I have it in me to cover uh, Jaws Three or Jaws: The Revenge. Well, actually, I did do Jaws: The Revenge uh, on an episode last year. So uh, you know, maybe you know, I'll take that back. Maybe I will get to Jaws Three a- at some point. But that concludes my uh, my thoughts for today. I thought it'd be a perfect way to kick off this. This uh, mini series, if you will, uh, talking about movie sequels. So next week, I'm going to talk about the, uh, the 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 grand sequel, the, the arguably one of the greatest sequels uh, ever made, the sequel that has set the standard for 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 follow-ups uh, ever since. And of course, that is. 1980s the empire strikes back so for all you star wars fans out there you're going to hear me talk a little bit more about that galaxy far far away so next week we're talking the empire strikes back as we continue this this tour if you will of sequels but that's all i have for you today as always thank you for tuning in and being a part of this cinematic journey appreciate each and every one of you until next week i'll be back and we'll do this all over again for the love of movies.